Hi, everyone, and welcome to In It for the Long Haul. I'm Lexi. And I'm Zeke. And we're so glad you've joined us for another week of Bachelorette Recap. What an exciting night it truly was. We've got so much to unpack, but first we wanted to give some updates in the Bachelorverse. Obviously, we've all seen that Katie and Blake are no more. Dun, dun, dun. It was really a shock to me. I didn't know if they would last, but I didn't think it would happen so quickly. And her explainer video was a bit short, just saying that, you know, if the first six months of their relationship were any indication of their future together, it wouldn't be healthy for either of them, which is totally fair. Uh, But obviously, I want to know more. (laughs) Did you see that? um, Did you see the thing about her attempt at her first attempt at stand up comedy? I did, which, go girl. I think that that'll be fun. Yeah, apparently she wasn't very good, but... Oh, darn! <laughs> I think she needed to... I think she skipped a couple steps in the comedy routine, and uh, or in the comedy development routine, and just went straight for an audience, which is not a very good idea. But um, then the other thing that um, is going on, the other headline, um, who knows how true it is, um, but it's from Screen Rant, and... Screen Rant is saying that The Bachelor is going to air another male-led season following Clayton in 2022, Um, which when I first heard that, um, I thought, oh, well, that kind of makes sense because they did two women, two Bachelorette seasons uh, in a row, so they kind of balance it out, I guess, even though there's already a lot more Bachelor seasons. Um, And But apparently they are looking to change the schedule and do two bachelor and two bachelorette seasons every year uh and then if paradise is on top of that that's uh you do the math that's like constant bachelor yeah i saw something today that they might cancel paradise and so knowing what i know now about the two seasons two seasons i'm wondering if it's so that there is some natural break but it seems like with more seasons the more exciting paradise could be so eliminating paradise is not the answer y'all and don't people like paradise more yes i would have to i'm interested if they're if it gets as good as ratings it probably doesn't get the same ratings as the flagship shows i don't know i like it better but that's just for sure it's more fun another big happening in our bachelor verse that our followers know about who Follow us on Instagram, which you all should, Long Haul Podcast. Uh, We were able to interact with current contestant Casey Woods, and he is a hoot, y'all. Love him. We are now super big fans. We chatted back and forth for a while, so we are hoping that he can do a spot on our show after this season ends, so stay tuned for that. He had a lot of exciting tea to share And we are going to save that in the hopes that he can share it with you himself. Yeah, that'd be really fun. I think it'd be fun to kind of interview him about his experience. I saw that he um, he didn't apply for the show. He had uh, a casting like producer uh, comment on one of his pictures on Instagram and said, "Hey, I'm gonna I sent you a DM for like a casting opportunity." No way. Yeah. So they like found him. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe someone reached out and informed them that he existed. I don't know. We'll have to find How that out. How often does that happen? That's I would, wild. I mean, I would guess maybe decently often, but Was I don't know. Joe casted by the producers too? Which Joe? This season? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe. You never know. It's too good to be true. Yeah. Well, let's jump right into things. Yeah, so this episode, of course, started out with just a bunch of discussion about what went on the previous night, Um, you know, and I'm kind of blanking as to what that even was. Uh, Was it the drama with Jamie? That was like a whole week and a half ago. Of course it was. Okay. Yeah, so they were just talking about not knowing what these conversations were that were going on about Joe and Michelle. Yeah. yeah, just being kind of overall confused. Um, and who brought the information to Oh, her. yes. Wondering about who is the dirty rat who talked to Michelle about this and told her this accusation. That kind of sent things into a little bit of a tailspin. For some of them, probably felt like they got robbed of, they were robbed of some time since the cocktail party 
was uh, cut short. But pretty shortly, we get the first group date card out. Uh, first group date is Martin, LT, Olu, Spencer, Clayton, Nate, Joe, Rick, Will, and Peter. Um, and th- this date was at an airfield. We had maybe a similar date on Peter's season where he flew in and then they did a bunch of stuff in their, um, in their kind of pilot suits. But what did you, uh, what did you think about this date overall? First of all, I thought Joe looked really good in aviators. Mm. So that was a big opening scene for me. Oh yeah. That's when the fun really got started. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I loved the dramatic scene of all of them walking up. Of course. And I think that, in that moment, it would be tough to be Michelle because it's the great equalizer. They all look good as the Top Gun pilots. Yeah. Well, and so Michelle then is joined. Out come the couple of actors who I hadn't heard of, but they are going to be starring or at least have roles in the upcoming Top Gun uh, reboot sequel. Um, and they learn that it's going to be a competition to find out which of the men is going to be the dates, uh, the maverick of the date. And so probably get some special privileges and probably extra some, some extra time with Michelle, I think, on Peter's season. Um, I think Kelly won and she got to go on like a special plane ride with him uh, during the sunset, which was really romantic. And we all know how that turned out. But uh, then the they decided that they needed to call, they needed to assign call signs to all the men um what was the only list we only saw a few of them what was what were your favorite what was your favorite well they called will little willie and i thought that that was a missed opportunity to call him wet willie (laughs) yeah well and that maybe is more apt after the way the rest of this episode went um oh good one (laughs) but then they um they called martin with his hair they called him frosty and um peter got the moniker doughboy uh which someone said i think it was olu uh kind of said that in where he came from doughboy was a term for like a tough guy and he kind of just shook his head as to say peter not so tough yeah i was thinking he's more pillsbury doughboy type vibes instead of the tough guy yeah uh that's kind of what i was thinking too but pretty soft um, but then, yeah, they, they get some exercises and a uh, big thing was Martin. Martin kind of pulled Michelle aside, checked on her after after the evening previous. And um, I thought that was a pretty good move by Martin. I think it's always good to do something to stand out in the group dates. And um, yeah, I thought it was nice. He, he didn't really have much of a much to say. He just said, hey, I just hope that you're doing well. And um, yeah. And I think Michelle really received it. I was thinking while watching that scene that if I was Michelle, I would be feeling stressed and distracted that this big group of guys was waiting for the next instruction until uh, our conversation was over. And so I would have been like, oh, thanks so much. Let's talk about this more later. Got to get you know back to things. But she even asked him a reciprocal question right in the moment. So I think that she really did need that. And it makes me think that Martin was trying to be genuine about it. Uh, So anyway, the interaction was strong for him. uh, And it looked like she really liked it. So I I just would have been more stressed about it. But she needed it. Yeah. Well, the next date activity was the G-Force simulator where they have kind of the three concentric rings and it just kind of spins you in all which direction to simulate what it's like to be a pilot. Um, and Will is not so sh- not so thrilled about this. He reveals that he packed motion sickness pills um, because he is not into that type of spinning. Um, and not a ton here the big thing of course was that um peter went before will spoke some italian um they were they were trying to express their feelings for michelle while they're in this stressful spinning situation uh and then will goes right after peter and kind of instinctively goes to his spanish um and there's some banter and um he has a good line michelle asks him if he's he's looking pretty sick and michelle asks if he's going to need a bucket and he smoothly responds, no, I need you. So I thought that was good. 
Um, anything else on the G-Force? I just think that Peter was pretty certain about the fact that Will was copying him and taking moves out of his playbook. And again, another great sequence by the producers. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, not too thrilled about about Will kind of going after him and, and using the second language as well. Um, but then they move right into what they refer to as the dogfight time. Obviously, dogfighting is when you're in fighter pilots and going after each other, but they don't get to do that. They just do the whole balance beam, padded bar uh, fight thing. And man, first uh, the first matchup was uh, Nate versus Clayton. They picked basically the two biggest dudes, but Nate just did not stand a chance. Clayton played tight end in college and just absolutely dominated him. Um, I don't know. You think Michelle? You think Michelle likes that? You think she likes the big strong guy? I don't know. I think she likes the basketball guy. Anyone that can yeah. play basketball. Uh, but I just think that this matchup is potentially foreshadowing mm. a conflict between them. Um, just seeing previews and uh, things with nate and people's feelings so i'm curious to see if that matchup was intentional i guess they don't they wouldn't know though what's coming i don't know maybe it's just it's just serendipitous for what's ahead yeah i mean they might they might have some idea about which guys they suspect might not get along so well or guys they might try to pit against each other in the end but Probably not. That, that was probably just, you know, oh gosh, who do we put against? Who do we put against Clayton? I guess Nate is probably the best option, but the rest of the matchups were pretty good. And then, of course, at the end, we get the Will versus Peter matchup. Peter uh, really thought that he was the tough guy and just got absolutely thrashed by Will, which was uh, pretty nice to see. You always love to see it. Um, but Will is declared the winner of the date. And his reward is he gets a pretty cool bomber jacket um, to match kind of the rest of his outfit. And then some special time with Michelle. They drive a Porsche that is apparently from the original Top Gun movie that they used. And they just, you know, have a nice moment and drive off into the sunset. You know, I don't know much about men, but if I was a guy, I feel like I would be so jealous and honestly upset that my time my extra time is to drive this really cool rare collectible famous car uh, to ride in it and they don't even get to drive michelle gets to and i'm glad she did but like knowing guys and knowing how much they obsess over cars i just think that i i would be really upset and jealous yeah i don't know if uh i don't know if will is a car guy he didn't i don't know we didn't see any of that but could be. I would be jealous for sure. Uh, you're going to drive a car like that. Um, but after the break, Will is pretty pleased with himself um, and his performance. And, you know, we see what I refer to while we were watching as Chekhov's jacket. If you don't know about Chekhov's gun, um, basically it's the idea that in a movie, if you show a gun in the first act, it should go off in the third act. Um it should be fired. And so I thought that that, that was kind of a, a classic. I mean, they, he very, you know, they made a big show about him putting his jacket on the chair uh, during the nighttime portion. Um, and I think we had seen in the previews, we knew what was going to happen with that jacket. But then going into the conversations, um, Clayton had the first time. Uh, he is more relaxed this first day. And Michelle has noticed that um, he, he definitely was a little tense the, the first night. And um, but he's just, he's more relaxed. And um, what, what else do you have on this? I just love how they were spinning around and <laughs> that he came up with that as like the natural component of their date. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he said he, he was disappointed that she didn't get a chance to go in the G-Force simulator. And so he thought he would take her on a little spin. That was cute. Uh, yeah. I, I love Clayton. It was sweet. I just think it's yeah, so he's funny. Great. Man, the corny things people do on this show. Yeah. They they kiss, and that's that was Clayton's time. Um, Nate is next. Nothing much here. They talk and kiss. Um, and Michelle thinks that she's building back trust with these guys, which is good to, good to hear that she is uh, feeling better about the process. 
Um, next up is Joe, and he has a quiet confidence that Michelle really likes. So quiet that I completely didn't hear or remember this part of the episode. Yeah, I don't think we really got any of their conversation. I think we just saw kind of some montage. They were just cutting through these really quick, and it was, I think, her telling the producers kind of to the camera. She said, I, I, he has this confidence that I like that's quiet. Um, but back with the guys, um, Peter and Will are back at it, talking over each other simultaneously. We get more p- talk about pizza, who the big dog is, and Peter thinks that there are tissues in the jacket pocket that Will needs to use. Um, I don't know. Some some drama is simmering, and it's kind of centering. The jacket is, you know, becoming an innocent bystander, uh, an unfortunate innocent bystander of this conversation. But don't forget, there's more talk about pizza. <laughs> of course. We we love pizza. Um, we had pizza for dinner tonight. So, um, you know, who doesn't love pizza? I'm sure some people do. But I think the guys are a little fed up hearing about pizza from Peter. Um, but we're back at the house and the date card comes out. The rest of the guys are all hoping that they might get this one-on-one date card. And it goes to Rodney. Uh, I was really surprised about that. Yeah, I think some of the other guys were too. I think um, Malik just says straight up that he doesn't really see Rodney as a contender. I think that uh, I tend to agree with that. I think we've been kind of saying that he seems like kind of the big goofball of the house. He's kind of shown that a little bit already. Um, But we'll have to see um, after this date whether or not we think any different. Sadly, Malik spoken to existence his own fate oh yeah that's true but back at the date um michelle's talking to martin she is glad that he checked up on her she liked that and um she thinks that he has a lot of layers a lot of depth he is like an onion yes just like an ogre (laughs) and uh they kiss and as i have done so many times martin kind of after the first couple smooches after he is realizing it's going to be a makeout. He takes off his glasses. He's wearing fake glasses for fashion, um, but he doesn't want to get them smudged, so he's got to lose them. He doesn't want them to be all banging up against her face, and so you got to take them off. If you think that you're going to be doing more than just a couple kisses... You're so smooth. You really are my Cupid. Yeah, I try my best. I think he was probably a little smoother at losing the glasses, but how could you not? You're Mar- He's Martin, and, and I'm just me. Um... Michelle thinks that Martin is mature, and she's confident that he's here for her. You know, I think that Martin might be a bit of a dark horse here. Um, I don't think he'll win, but I think that he could go pretty deep. I don't know about hometowns. Maybe he might be the kind of the fourth hometown guy, but um, yeah, I can see it. It's really unexpected because I definitely didn't think that his initial vibe was anywhere close to that of Michelle. And so it definitely is an unexpected match, but those are sometimes the best ones. And he certainly has a sense of style and a sensitive side. I think that there's a little irony in her saying that she's confident that he's here for her, which he definitely may be. Um, But let's not forget that he was really the only one to talk with Jamie or kind of even slightly agree with him that Joe and Michelle may have knew each other or had more of an interaction than what she says um, before the show. And that never got brought up again, even by Jamie or discussed by anyone else. And I mean, Martin didn't think he was needing to confront Michelle about it or take it any further. So Jamie was certainly more vocal about it, but he was the only one left like talking with Jamie among that group of four men that Jamie was like trying to theorize to initially. Um, so I don't know. I think that that's an important thing to note. Yeah, I think he just kind of got stuck there as the last guy. I think, I feel like I remember his attitude being kind of more like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, I guess I'm just here. I'll nod my head. I don't think that he's going to get, I don't think he's tangled up in this at all. Um, but that is interesting to note. Yeah, and even if he did agree with Jamie, that doesn't mean that he's not here to find love and whatever. Um, But I just thought that was, when I heard her say that line, I felt a bit of a cringe. Mm. 
I, I did not. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised to hear that from you, but good to know. Um, then we are back with the guys. Will is off doing something else. I don't know what. And Peter walks up and spies his jacket on the chair and decides that he's going to, he's going to take it for a spin. He puts it on and he ends up basically just walking straight to the pool. And as we saw in the preview, he just throws it right in, throws it into the pool the utmost disrespect to that jacket and to Will. Um, not so great. Um, and Will discovers this pretty shortly. He walks up, immediately notices his jacket is missing from the chair. And the guys are like, I mean, Peter just kind of walked up and took it. I think Nate this whole time was pretty hilarious. Um, he just, I mean, the whole time, I think the first time they clashed, he I think he remarked that he just, I think he said, I, I just don't have the energy. I don't have any energy to give this. So I think that he's doing a good job at being, I think, one of the front runners and just rising above the the drama that a lot of people, a lot of the contestants get tangled in so early on in the episode. But I think that he wants to be in the know. Any situation in which contestants have come at each other Nate has been a silent observer I noticed that the other guys on the date eventually put their glasses down or took them with them and got up and left the couch and Nate was the only one remaining so he didn't say anything but he wanted to hear everything and I think that that is a potential yellow flag no no he's just the big dog he is above the drama. He's not getting caught in it. He's kind of like the, um, I mean, we see later, he's kind of, um, I think, kind of the mature guy in the house. He is above it all, and he has some good perspective, and he gives good advice in these situations. I think he's being a good mediator of the drama. Um, you know, he tells Will, I think quite wisely, you gotta, you got to rise above it you'll be remembered if you just let it go you'll be remembered as the bigger man um because i think nate is in tune with how this works he knows that if will goes off and uh justifiably goes off on peter that's not going to turn out well for will strategically um and ultimately that's what will does i mean he's taking it hard he sheds some tears over it um he kind of walks off but he, I think, chooses to just let it go. And I think he is kind of vindicated at the end of this episode. I am utterly shocked that it never came up again. I don't think I've ever seen someone fail to mention a dramatic move like that to the lead. It's revolutionary. Yeah, uh, definitely a, a bad blow for the drama of this episode they it probably could have been a lot worse and um more entertaining for us but um michelle comes back and she is just not having this top three uh you know the top three honorable mentions before she uh, awards the group date rose and it's kind of anticlimactic i think that especially after getting used to it the last few seasons or i guess the last three bachelorettes or did claire do it i think claire did it so Claire did it, and then Tasha continued, and Katie did it as well, where, I don't remember, if, did Matt do it? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Matt did it too, so we've had like four leads in a row do this thing where they, you know, say, you know, person A, you did this good, person B, I really liked how you did this, person C, you were great in this way, and the rose is going to go to person B, and so it built up that more suspense with the rose, now it's just kind of, she walks up and says, Martin? Will you accept this rose? And she just gives it to Martin, which, I mean, isn't bad. I think it just steals from a little bit of the suspense of the situation. I think so, too. And it robs the men of a potential moment to receive affirmation from her, which I think is really important in a process where you're competing with so many people and you have limited time to suss out the progress of your own relationship with her. So even if you don't end up getting the rose, having her call something out about you that she enjoyed in front of everyone is a bit of a signal of affirmation that they can have and it doesn't take away from who ends up receiving the group date rose 
So I think that that is a tool that she's missing out on using. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think she should definitely, um, I wish she was doing it, but she's not. Um, Martin has a little nice thing planned. They get a little dance with a string quartet, which is certainly romantic and nice. And in my opinion, an upgrade from a starving artist singer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Some C-list, uh, some C-list musical singer-songwriter. I mean, I understand why they do it. It gives them opportunity for exposure, and people look them up, I'm sure, during the episode. But, yeah, the string quartet, very classy, very nice. Although, who knows? He probably, he, I'm sure the contestants don't have any control over what that is. Um, and, you know, I just have to give a second shout-out to Martin for rocking glasses. You really don't see it very often on the show, at least especially on dates. You sometimes will see contestants wearing glasses when they're in their sweatpants around the house. But they really are contacts, people, and we really need to normalize glasses because glasses can be a good look, and I think he pulls it off pretty well. Hashtag normalize glasses. Yes, that's our new campaign. Um, and then we get maybe the best little bit of the whole episode where Michelle is talking to the camera, talking about how it was so nice to have a drama-free date, and we also get to see while she's talking about this Will, very sadly, has the big pole with the hook on the end and is trying to fish the jacket out of the pool. And it was just so funny. Such great, you know, this is what we come to The Bachelor for. They are great with the, um, just with the ironic, um, yeah, those moments where the lead is oblivious to the drama, which is great. They did a good job at keeping her, keeping it away from her and not rallying her up with it because you know it would have caused a stir um but yeah that was funny uh (laughs) um anything else on that group date all right group date is over and um rodney is prepping for his date uh he tells the camera that he was never the tallest or the strongest or the best looking um but he brings the biggest heart So their date, we learn, is a truth or dare date. Um, And I don't know, they just had a number of little things. The first, they were back with blindfolded food because that's kind of their shtick with the two of them. And they're just kind of in a hotel kitchen. Not the the best uh, location, but they had fun with it. I think they made the most of a little bit of a lame date. Then they had something with... They handcuffed each other and then had to open a bunch of gifts to find the key to the handcuffs. Um, not, not. I mean, just some good, I don't know, team building exercise, I guess, and gets them close to each other, which I guess in some respects may be good and maybe better than some of the more glamorous dates, but um, at least for actual couple building. But um, I don't know, going to Joshua Tree and climbing some rocks is definitely a bigger memory. Um and then uh, the third one is they had to work in some nudity to the episode and to the season. So uh, as teased, um, Rodney is butt naked. Uh, he grabs a pillow to cover his front um, and he has to run around the house. And Michelle has a megaphone and uh, gets to yell out that this is our journey. And uh, Tasha and um, shoot, uh, Caitlin, Tasha and Caitlin. <laughs> um, sorry, Caitlin for forgetting your name. Tasha and Caitlin come out onto the balcony and are watching them. And of course, all the guys uh, come out of their rooms and, and take a look as well. I just don't know how they can air something like this when Yosef's children are at home <laughs> watching. How dare they? Yeah. And then that was all the dare part of the date. And then they move into a room and they're just kind of lounging on a bed and they have a chance to do some truth time. And so the first question is about what their biggest fear is. And Rodney says that his biggest fear is dying before he be- gets to become a husband and father. Wow, that hit hard for me because mm. same, except yeah. wife and mother. Yeah. And Michelle's biggest fear is being complacent. That is also scary. <laughs> yeah um i think it's interesting because the original question was actually tell me something that you haven't told anyone before and it was turned into what 
your biggest fear or that was what Rodney shared. So I think it's interesting that the responses they both had were things I would think that they would share more openly or that somebody would know. But um, I don't know. We don't talk as much about our fears and I think they're all valid and certainly things that we struggle with. So I just thought that that was a nice intimate moment and also just it felt more casual and organic not that they had a list of truth questions to ask but that they seemed to ask what was really on their hearts yeah i think these two have pretty good rapport um the this will be something we talk about probably more as we wrap up this date but um maybe too good of rapport maybe two good of friends um Mm. but michelle does comment and i don't know this is maybe a mixed bag of a comment but she thinks that rodney chipped away at the friend zone today um so i mean that kind of confirms what we were all were saying and kind of vindicates what malik was saying that he was kind of more in the friend zone um but is it good is it or is it a bad sign if the person that you're trying to date even brings up the friend zone in reference to you even if you're chipping away at it that seems like a bad sign (laughs) yeah especially since the explicit assumption with a show like this is night one you have 30 boyfriends to quote michelle's classroom Mm -hmm. of students so you're dating these people you're obviously you want to build a friendship with your spouse but the assumption going in is that they were never friends and then turned into boyfriend and girlfriend. They're boyfriend and girlfriend from night one. Yeah. It's like if you meet on a dating app. And so I think that that is potentially a bad sign for him and shows that their interactions up to this point have been seen as just friendly and not flirty. Um, But the fact that she thought that he was in the friend zone and then gave him the second one-on-one date when there's guys that she probably is more romantically connected with at this point is surprising and shows that she maybe really wanted to see if they could get out of the friend zone and want something more and doesn't think that it's bad that they were ever in the friend zone altogether is my interpretation yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good take. We'll have to see how it plays out. I'm definitely rooting for Rodney. He think he seems like a really fun guy. Um, we are back with the rest of the guys. Um, after they witnessed Rodney's naked butt running around the the lobby, um, and the second group date card has arrived. And so it's the rest of the guys. Um, that would be Jamie, Leroy, Chris G, Casey, Malik, Chris S, Brandon, and Romeo. Um. The date card read, I want a man who can express himself. I noticed that on this season so far, they haven't excluded anyone from being on a date. And I feel like it's been typical for one or two people to be left at the house and not be invited on any mm-hmm. of the dates at this stage when there's so many guys. In those still. first two episodes, yeah. I think I remember seeing that before. But, I mean, I think this is so much better. Um, yeah, it's such a sure. bummer to, to be le- totally left off. Um, Jamie thinks that he is just has this season in the bag. Um, he is just really not endearing himself to the viewers. Um, uh, he obviously after the, the snafu with him, you know, trying to figure out what was going on with this rumor he had heard about Michelle. Um, he, the way he framed it was pretty bad, kind of pushing it on the other guys. Um, strategically smart, but definitely villainous behavior. Uh, and now he just is being cocky, and uh, I, <laughs> it's, I'm not a fan. No, I am really anti-Jamie at this point. It's been building and building. Yeah. But back back on the date, um, they I've never, I don't think, seen, seen this before, but the their dinner is across some water, and so they get to step into a rowboat. So you know, you know that since it's across the water, it's a really fake dinner and not just a usual bachelor <laughs> fake dinner. Because if they have to rowboat out there to get to the table, 
you already know that there's no chef rowing out there to serve them food well, that they won't probably eat. probably peninsula and they just got to row across some fake water. Still, who cares if they're isolated because it's not like we need to get food to them anyway. They don't eat. So. Yeah. Well, Michelle loves Rodney. Or, <laughs> sorry, Michelle loves that Rodney is fun and playful. And she notes that one of the favorite things about her parents is that they laugh a lot together. Uh, which is really nice. Um, And as we saw with, um, I guess it would have been Jamie, on the other one-on-one, Michelle's admiration for her parents and her growing up um, was kind of met with a less great story from Rodney, which um, isn't bad because I think that Michelle, of all people, handles this really well and um, is really gracious towards um, these guys who don't always have the same, all of them, not all of them have the same, you know, background as her with the, with a loving two parent home. And so, um, Rodney's dad left when he was six and he really admired his mom who, who was really strong. And Michelle noted that her mom was also very strong and protected her dad as much as he protected her, particularly when it comes to, the confrontations that they endured being an interracial couple and so they talk a bit more about racial dynamics in a relationship and just um, Michelle's identity as a black woman she shares a very vulnerable story about um, having the n-word used toward her and I think again that this is a really fruitful discussion um, for them and certainly I'm just really in awe of Michelle and her vulnerability and the things she's been opening up about during this season. So um, after this heavy discussion, Michelle really lightens the mood with a pun, saying she would absolutely love if Rodney accepted the rose. And he uses the pun in his acceptance speech. Yes. So really, the thing that I admire about Rodney and Michelle is that they keep the themes going every Mm -hmm. time they interact. Blind eating and apples. (laughs) We keep seeing it come up. And so they're nothing if not consistent. Yeah, that is true. Um, So yeah, is is Rodney uh, an actual legit contender? I think that their chemistry was strong. They just seem to have a natural dynamic with one another. And depending on how Michelle views things, I know a lot of people on this show might view that ease as evidence of friendship instead of, oh, we get along really well, we'd be good life partners, which I think that getting along really well and having easy interactions is definitely a recipe for successful life partnership. Yeah, that's true. And so I don't know why everyone on the show always seems to read it as like, well, we're clearly just friends. (laughs) So I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, the fact that she gave him the rose and didn't think that the friend zone reality was... Uh, their future means that, you know, I think she's reading this as like, yeah, we get along well, but we can also be fully connected on all the levels needed for a romantic couple. Yeah. Can you, could you see, could you see Rodney on a hometown? Maybe, honestly. Uh, I think that I haven't developed an affinity for a core group of four guys and given that the first one-on-one was with jamie who is a snake i (laughs) think that rodney is the first person we've really seen fully come into his role on this show and so therefore he's currently in my hometown (laughs) pick because i don't know any better but i also like the guy i don't know what do you think uh, I, I could I could see it getting there. I think that there's going to be some more um, progression that's going to have to happen between the two of them uh, romantically. Uh, they, they definitely do have the, the friendship rapport. Um, but yeah, I think we'll have to see. Um, and maybe there'll be some fall, falls from grace um, for some of the current front runners and 
Rodney, I think I don't see Rodney getting involved in any crazy drama or making any big mistakes uh, that would, you know, have, make him need to be sent home. And so I think that there's there's a chance. I, I don't think he, he will win, but I, I could see him getting pretty deep. Um, But it is now time for the second group date. Um, <laughs> Jamie is just continuing on this, this drumbeat. He... Um, Oh, well, first he think he's t- talking about um, the drama from the previous night that he incited, and um, he doesn't think that it matters, um, that it was him that talked to Michelle, and um, that's why he uh, didn't say anything. He just doesn't think it matters. But um, they go into the, the room, the, the conference room at the at the hotel, the the small breakout session room. Illustrious. And, yes. And um, Chris G is freak, freaking out because who else is on stage but his idol, his icon, Rudy Francisco. Have you heard of Rudy Francisco? I haven't, but okay. I felt like I had because Chris G's face was just lighting up. Mm-hmm. I wanted to recognize the guy too and join in on that excitement. Yeah. Rudy Francisco is, of course, a, a poet. Uh, maybe a slam poet but he was doing some poetry sounded really nice and that's kind of right up Chris G's alley he's got that motivational speaker probably does some some poetry who would it be for you if you were on a date who if they were on stage maybe someone more niche Justin Bieber no 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 someone more niche (laughs) who you were a big fan of that maybe no one else would know who it was uh but they're up there and it's just a big moment for you. Representative Lisa Blunt Rochester of the great state of Delaware. Thank you. <laughs> okay. What about you? That's fair. Hmm, that's a good, I asked a question that I don't know how to answer for myself. Um, let's see who's, I mean, there's probably like some like niche YouTubers who maybe aren't big enough, um, to be recognizable for most of the guys on the show. If I was a contestant and so like, um, Probably someone like CGP Grey, who is this, like, I don't know, he does his cartoons, his face isn't even on uh, on the screen, but, you know, maybe someone that most people wouldn't really know who that was, and uh, but I've been a big fan of for, like, oh gosh, maybe 10 years now. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, you know, just kind of trying to relate to that reaction. It's fun when a contestant really, really knows one of these, uh, you know, B or C list celebrities that they bring on. Um, but the date is, of course, they all get to express their feelings through poetry. And so they all go off and uh, construct their poems for Michelle to perform for her. And I like it when they do this for the rest of the guys in the audience. Um, I actually don't remember seeing that, but uh, I think that was the case. And so then uh we didn't really get a lot of the poetry. They kind of went through it really quick. Um, first up was Brandon, and his was his was pretty good. Um, you know, not a professional, but uh, from what you would expect from the guys, um, you know, I think it was probably in the upper upper echelon of of the group. Um, was there anything um, about the first set of these these guys and what we saw? It wasn't much that that stood out to you. I think that Romeo's was impressive, especially given that he is more STEM oriented. Yeah, and there was some shot of when they were talking about what they were going to be doing. He, uh, I was going to say, looked like a deer caught in the headlights, but he looked like a math major told that he was going to write poetry. So, um, yeah, I think he went with some, uh, he went with some Romeo and Juliet stuff, which, I mean, I get the shtick, but I think you got to be more unique if your name is Romeo. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think that works the best for him, but it's, we'll have to see. I, d- I am hopeful that he uh, becomes more favorable as the season goes on because he I seems really great. And like I know you do. Him. <laughs> um, but then, of course, up last goes our Mr. Confident has it in the bag, Jamie, who apparently has managed to lose his book that How he wrote in. How do you lose a book? In a hotel conference room that's completely contained, supervised by producers and all of the other contestants on the show. Like, what? You just purposely didn't 
bring your book up. There. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's definitely full of shit, but, um, you know, it's, it's who he is at this point in, in the show. But some of the guys are not, they're not very impressed by this, uh, by this ruse that, um, that Casey, or sorry, that Jamie has started. Um, Casey, friend of the pod, uh, is not impressed um, by going off book, not following the assignment. Um, he remarks that he's preparing to be a motivational speaker or a cult leader or something, which is pretty apt. And um, I got a flash of Carl, um, who you could totally see as a cult leader. Yeah, I see that for both of them. But, you know, Jamie was the first to admit that he flies to third world countries all the time. Oh, he's jet setting. And, you know... It just takes me back to Jim Jones and his cult in, gosh, where was it? It was some, like, remote nation. And so I wonder if <laughs> Jamie's making his trip. Was that the Kool-Aid cult? Yeah. Oh, uh, wasn't that Central America? Yeah. I don't know which like country. Um, so I'm just afraid that there's too many similar variables in this situation right now. Yeah. But so Jamie, he he said he's going to go off book and he has a story that he apparently prepared beforehand, obviously. Uh, But it was about some girl walking in the woods and she finds a guardian. I just completely didn't follow it. I didn't know what the point was. Um, You weren't inspired and seeing your connection to his relationship with Michelle. It was just weird. I wish she would have commented. It would have been hilarious for her to have a um camera interview just being like what (laughs) yeah but then michelle gets a turn to express her feelings and um she has some poetry she's been very open and talking about um the racial dynamics of her growing up and um i think she uh in her poem talks about um her feelings of being a token black girl and and all that stuff and I, i think that that um you know is maybe a good way to do that where you kind of open that stuff up to the whole group all at once um and yeah you kind of say hey here's all this stuff you don't have to have I mean it's not not that it's bad to have that conversation but it kind of gets that base level of like hey this is something that's on my mind in my life um that you all should know about um we can talk about it more deeply if you want uh it just kind of it's nice that all of the guys get to kind of see into that. Um, but yeah, after, do you have anything else on any of the poems? No, I just wish we could have heard more. And certainly our friend of the pod, Casey, was upset that his got cut. Yeah, well, and but he did, he did share. I don't know if you saw, he shared his poem on Instagram. So you have to go check him out. I think his Instagram is Casey Dilla Music. Uh, if you look him up and you can read uh, what one of the contestants wrote kind of a cool peek behind the curtain love it but uh after the break um jamie is not feeling any competition from any of these men he did the worst on this group date and he's just not feeling any competition um he is full of it and it's getting pretty rough he like pulls a producer aside maybe that was later he has this producer that he's talking to and um i I think well i think that actually is that is more um later so we'll we'll touch on that in a second but um it is the nighttime portion of the evening and um brandon is the first up uh you want to go over brandon's i think this was a good conversation yeah so brandon was uh sharing how he was a bit self- self-conscious about his height saying he was five foot two through his junior year of high school at a predominantly white high school where he felt like the odd one out and felt like he had to pick a side between um, white and black being a mixed race individual, which Michelle felt like she could really resonate with. So again, another layer that we're seeing to this conversation, um, which I think is has been really fruitful. And Jamie walks in. And mentions also that he could relate to her experience with growing up and feeling kind of out of place. And he, his, his quote 
is that I thought that we were from different worlds, but we have something to relate on, which is not a good way to grow closer to a person. The formula is to try to find your commonalities that you can really connect on and, and, you know, obviously acknowledge your differences and appreciate them about each other, but not highlight and try to sell those differences like that is what brings you together yeah i uh, go to uh go to third world countries in minutes notice on on private jets and you know you're just a teacher <laughs> uh yeah his attitude really sucks and this is this is where he uh kind of he like pulls a producer aside and he he's talking about you know i, I thought this was gonna be a group of a better group of men uh it's a great group of men uh what whatever happened to the nationwide search for great men for michelle michelle seems like she's on spring break mode which whatever that means uh he's just being the worst um the elitism is just just through the roof and also why would you be saying this to a producer because you're kind of implicitly criticizing their job and how well they've done it saying that they couldn't find good enough men for her to date or even a good enough bachelorette to have because he is you know saying that she's in spring break mode and isn't taking this seriously or isn't serious enough for him so you're really criticizing the job that the producers are doing while you're also explicitly criticizing everyone that you're here on the show with so it's just such a bad look and the fact that he doesn't see that he is leaving no one in his corner is just obnoxious. I can't help but think that this has got to be scripted. But the fact that he's criticizing the producers kind of implicitly, I don't think that they would uh, want that to happen if it didn't happen organically. So yeah, I think he's really saying what he feels. Yeah, these kind of behind the curtain looks at the contestants talking to producers, it's or like venting or ranting to them it's it's weird because it's like you really don't think that anytime you're wearing the mic it's on and that they're gonna have a camera somewhere catching you in this conversation I mean even if it's like through a window and it's just your silhouettes like your mic is on all the time if you're wearing it and so it's just kind of crazy that they think that they get these like moments of privacy uh, and maybe he just doesn't care he's playing up playing up for the show probably knows that this he's gonna be on that it's going to be on TV. But yeah, I think that's just kind of setting us up for the cocktail party. So that date ends. Um, who? Oh, uh, and then, sorry, we missed the group date rose. Um, the group date rose without ceremony uh, goes to Brandon, which I, I believe he got the group, uh, the group date rose on the group date he was on in the first episode. So look out for Brandon. Uh, I think that's pretty significant getting two group date roses in the first two, like the first two group dates. I think that's, that means something, I think. Yeah. These are Dale vibes happening right now because mm. Dale was getting <laughs> all kept getting of the group date roses, but Dale, I thought was more deserving. I just am not a British Because he fan. was tall? No. You're feeding his insecurities. Lexi. No. How dare you? That's so rude. I just think that Brandon isn't at the same maturity level as Michelle. Um, I think that the, for what it's worth, this date was the first time he really opened up about more serious topics. And I totally recognize that and celebrate that. But I just think that there are other guys who can do that and more and just forge that connection with her at her same level more easily so I don't think that just because Brandon was able to share means that that overrides the other elements of his interactions with her that I think are more defined by swagger yeah I just think that there's better fits for her so I'm surprised that he has been so awarded yeah well speaking of better fits for Michelle uh, it's time for the cocktail party and Nate gets the first time with Michelle and uh, he makes some offhanded comment about, you know, sometimes I just wish we could just, you know, run and like, not like run away together, like get married, but just like run. And she says, let's do it. And so they take off their shoes and, or she takes off her shoes and they run across the courtyard. And, um, 
you know, I don't think that she does that with someone who is not like a top four contestant. Um, he is, I think, you know, we should do some power rankings later and, and talk about who we think the top contenders are right now. But he's certainly a front runner, if not the front runner. Um, Michelle think, thinks that she can trust Nate. I again cringed at this sentence because I think that it is going to come back to bite her in the future. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, and uh, one of the producers then gets in Rick's ear. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, maybe. And but Rick, he thinks that it's it's a good time to reassure Michelle that none of the other guys were were questioning her character and um just was not sure where that idea even came from and just expressing that they they trusted her um that they they were not questioning her character and totally unprompted michelle just um (laughs) she immediately tells him that it was jamie just right away she's like oh jamie told me that um and yeah i just think that stuff is, is about to go about to get crazy here after she tells after she spills the beans Oh, yeah. Rick immediately informs Casey and Nate, and it gets spread around the house. But Casey and Nate are the first to really question Jamie and call him up to the balcony of the second floor of the open-air hotel. Yeah, they're kind of like in their dark corner with the... Uh, it's like tall ceilings, and they, they're kind of up above all the other guys on the second floor, like you said, and... They're just kind of having their, I would say, I mean, obviously Casey, unfortunately, hasn't done much this season yet. Um, But, you know, you could say these are kind of the big dogs. I mean, Casey's been doing all the commentary to the side, um, really telling it like it is for some of the guys like Peter. Um, And, you know, Rick has been has been on the forefront of a lot of of some of the situations so far. And obviously he took the initiative to to reassure Michelle and. Uh, Nate is probably the big dog of the house so they're kind of this power team um, and they just kind of say Nate just kind of leans over the balcony and says Jamie get on up here and they um, they talk to him and Jamie just uh, just completely was not expecting this and he thought he got through it scot-free um, and he his responses were just ridiculous and absurd and you know it was like Oh, I I wasn't I wasn't there for those conversations that where people were questioning her. I was just in my room the whole time. It's like, well then how did you how did you know about this, Jamie? It was just ridiculous. Obviously caught um doing some BSing and uh yeah, no, not a good look. Obviously caught in his um tomfoolery. Um but yeah. Um Anything else on on this drama before we get to Michelle's confrontation of it? No, I just think that they didn't even need to confront him because Michelle was ready to go. And she comes down and confronts him in front of the men. I think she was going to pull him aside, but she could sense that conversations had already been happening between Jamie and the rest of the men based on the vibe in the room. So I think she said more in front of the guys than she was intending to. She kind of hinted at that. But she just goes straight into it like, what's going on? Things are not uh, seeming comfortable here. And Jamie is the finally the first to speak out and explain what's happening, um, saying that um, – he the guys know that he was the one to come to Michelle and talk about how he how there were whispers in the house about Joe and Michelle knowing each other before the show and he even asked Michelle is this what we said in our conversation which I think is a smart move honestly (laughs) yeah I mean I think you know to to his credit and I mean I think that I we've talked about this already but it's I mean he kind of recounted to her what in front of all the guys what he said in the conversation and like I I guess I, I mean I understand that there's the implication that if you were cast as the lead of the show that's about dating but then you're dating someone else like right before that that is like poor judgment and 
like poor character but it's just like so interesting that that is assumed that if you even ask like hey i heard this thing that if it were true would like concern me as a contestant as someone who's trying to date you and so like i mean we talked about how i found her reaction very strange or if it's just like not true you just say like no that's not true like (laughs) where did you hear that um don't worry that's definitely not the case um it's just so interesting how how those dynamics play out on this show and i mean it'd be so fascinating to be on the show and just kind of see what it was like um they should do like a like a bachelor boot camp where you get to like be on it and they mic you up and get in front of the cameras i'm sure it would be like i'm sure the average person like you or i would go on this and we'd be like a stammering mess and they would never get anything good on us well there's clearly lines that you can learn to fill the time I think questioning my character is one of those things that we've seen time and time again anytime a conflict comes up the response of the accused is I just can't believe that they would question my character I hate being in a situation where I have to defend my character yeah well I feel like this is a at least from what I remember, this is like a female, like, bachelorette lead issue. I don't remember any of the guys ever feeling like their character was questioned. Do you? I mean, I haven't really seen it with a lead. I'd say it's been with individual contestants and, like, when they get in tiffs with one another and say condemning things to the lead that then it's like you're... I have to defend my character. I feel like my character has been brought into question. So I don't think it's a thing with leads. Okay. I just, I mean, obviously everyone's got their own crap that like derails them. Like we could talk forever about Peter and how any little conflict just sent him spinning and he didn't know how to handle it. I just, I feel like Claire had some of those moments and Katie certainly had a moment or two like that where it was, everyone's questioning my character and it's like, well, no, they're, (laughs) they're just trying to figure out what's, going on with this thing um but yeah uh and so michelle pulls jamie aside and basically just like tells him what for and walks him out in front of all the guys and that's it and so she really took out the trash there and it was crazy because i mean he had a one-on-one she seemed to be really liking him i don't think she was really maybe she knew uh i don't know she seemed like she was into him kind of and but maybe there's some other stuff. Maybe the producers told her that, you know, all the stuff he was saying about the other men in the false confidence. He or had. her being on spring break mode. I would hope that they wouldn't yeah. want her to continue to fall for somebody that would say that. That's just so demeaning. Yeah. Well, so then we go to the rose ceremony. Um, Martin, Rodney, and Brandon already have roses from the dates. And the rose order was Joe, Rick... And then Leroy, Nate, Casey, Chris G, and Chris S, and Clayton. Got all the C's there. And then Olu, Romeo, and basically who's she going to keep? And it was Will. Um, Seems like they should have kept Will and Peter on for more drama. They got rid of all the drama like in one episode. So obviously, and we know that there's going to be more upcoming. Um, Probably we're going to see some Chris S drama um but spencer malik peter and lt uh all get the boot um and go home definitely spat sad for spencer and malik uh lt had no Our screen ghost time friend. yeah i think early in this episode i saw him in the background i was like who's that guy who's this old guy there in the back um who i didn't recognize i think he looked a lot older on on he tv needed, than he did in his picture he needed stage makeup like <laughs> or something Poor guy. Oh, he's asleep. He's, he needs to do his yoga. <laughs> I guess. Well, to his credit, I think that we, in our preview episode, uh, thought that he was going to bring some quackiness to the house. Uh, and he really didn't. He just really didn't get any screen time at all. Um, you know, he had his, his tux speedo. And that was about all that was notable. But certainly sad to see Spencer and Malik go. They seem like uh, good contenders. I think we rated them pretty highly. Um, but she must have just not had a connection with them, unfortunately. And then after the credits, we get to see another scene from Rodney and Michelle's one-on-one where they're dared to photocopy a part of their body. 
and surprisingly nothing sensual is even suggested and so Rodney photocopies his face. I mean, it was implied. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but pretty wholesome. Yeah, pretty And good. I just love their dynamic. So that was a fun way yeah. to end it. They're so fun. a really good episode. A chance to see a lot of relationships between Michelle and the men and between the men um, get more complex and interesting. And certainly it'll be exciting to see what drama is now stirred up given that our natural sources all went home in one episode. So I'm really excited to see what next week will bring. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you all follow us on Instagram and also follow, subscribe, and rate our podcast on whatever you use to listen to your podcasts. We are super excited for your continued engagement and we will catch you next week this has been in it for the long haul i'm lexi and i'm zeke see you later